The Cooped Up Podcast is brought to you guys by Anchor.fm. People are always asking me, Koopa, how do I start my own podcast? And my answer, Anchor is the best place to go. Anchor is the easiest way to start your own podcast. It's free and it includes easy to use tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only is it easy to use, but Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on sites like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more platforms. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So, do you want to start a podcast about sports, music, literature? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Cooped Up Podcast, the podcast that is now available on Apple Podcasts, so make sure to drop a hot review while you can, please. It means a lot to me. As always, folks, my name is Koopa, and I am going to be your guide uh, now weekly through uh, the world of pop culture while everyone is hopefully still staying inside. This week, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by one of my very good friends. You might recognize him from roles such as in films like Get Out, Motherless Brooklyn, and the TV show Mr. Robot. And if you don't, well, that's your own problem. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with my uh, astute honor, I get to welcome the second third of the Ooh La La podcast to my podcast, Mr. Sean Tony. My friend, how are you? Hey, buddy. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I am I'm so excited about this. Number you one, pardon me. I am currently <laughs> writing. A, I'm writing the first review of the Cooped Up podcast on Apple Podcasts right now. Oh, let's see. I'm gonna give you five stars because I've listened. Because as of recording, you have released. Well, you just released a second episode, like at, right before we started. That is true. So I, I haven't did. listened to that yet. Uh, but I listened to the Cameron episode. I was gonna say, "What a great job!" Is the title of my review, and the review is just gonna say, "I'm so proud of you." <laughs> five stars first review there it is so far you're at a 100 percent five-star review uh average oh man then next the letterman show oh wait i oh, mean yeah well, you know what it's been too long that david letterman's gone unchecked yes <laughs> oh man that How is are you my doing, man i'm doing good i'm i'm doing very very well um when it came to people who i wanted to talk to about certain things uh you know on this podcast you were definitely someone that was at the top of my list and of course i gotta keep everyone honest um sean i have to ask the the pressing question are we friends i would absolutely say we are friends it's it's so it's that's good that's good it's funny because in cameron's episode he talked about how quickly you act to our for lack of a simpler term our facebook group chat which is just this like hub (laughs) of our friend group kind of centered around there but no, you um it's funny cuz like I met you through Cameron and uh you have quickly became one of my closest friends. And uh no, I was thinking about it earlier like you're someone that I fully intend on having around for the rest of my life as long as you don't mess this thing up. And uh yeah, no man, you're <laughs> no a very pressure. close friend of mine. I mean, I talk to you almost daily and we play video games on the weekends together. Like that's I I think I talk to you more regularly than some members of my family. <laughs> Honestly, I feel that, and it, I, yeah, I was yeah. think I was thinking about it like when uh, in the in the pre planning of this episode, and I was like, oh wow, this is like another person who I can have on a podcast, uh, who I haven't met necessarily through the gaming scape. But then I remember that yeah. the first time we met each other was at a Smash tournament. It wasn't so a Smash tournament. That is a total lie. Yeah, that's true. I've, I've attended. I've attended and participated in exactly two Super Smash Brothers tournaments, and I have not won a game yet. Um, no, I, uh, I, so I've been friends with Cameron since seventh grade. And, uh, of course through that, I am like smash adjacent where like, <laughs> I take like a good chunk of my Twitter followers and like my Twitter, I still get like, because I, cause I know a lot of people through Cameron. Um, I get a lot of smash related stuff in my Twitter and like in my replies, but it's also funny because like some of the people follow me and I'm just, I never talk about smash. So I don't have much to say. That's true, but uh, listen. Yeah. One, one day, the career of Scary Daddy will take off. Oh, baby! And yeah, I, I have to, t- I have, I have to tell this story because this is really Go funny. For it, man. Go for so it. it was we, like I said, we met at a Smash tournament, and you know the best part about Smash tournaments is that there's lots of very creative 
um, names that people give themselves for bracket. My personal favorite that I've heard is Hispanic at the Disco, which That's is a it, it, it's great. a it's it's a top tier name. It's it's awesome. Um, I'll give a shout out to one uh, a friend of ours, and it's funny because he went by a different tag during one tournament. It ended up being a tournament where he got like a lot of attention, but our our good friend uh bdb big dick billy yes <laughs> that's that's yeah. a great story in itself because yeah it's really so funny it's really funny because he's listening he, yeah, i hope so too and that's shout yeah, out to I, actually to barnes. fun fact about that um can i call him barnes i don't know i don't want to like dox him or anything uh, uh shout uh, out to g yeah well gwj yeah, it's gwj fine. gwj um I have known him since fifth grade. So I actually knew him before I knew Cameron. And he was like, oh, wow. the only, wow. he was like the only kid in my neighborhood that I would hang out with. Cause everyone else was like way older or way younger than me. Um, yeah. So my, my friendship with uh, GWJ dates back before Cameron, um, but no, he's great. I, I, I miss that guy. I hope you're doing well, buddy, if you're listening. And if not, um, no one tell him. It's <laughs> a little secret between us. Really funny story about the, about the big dick Billy moniker. Yeah, um, is that our, our good friend GWJ actually changed his tag mid tournament? Um, oh, mid tournament. Yeah. So th- on that That's Saturday, so he actually beat somebody that would like was seated above him. So he was in the upset chart as GWJ. And then it was that Saturday where he made like, you know, he, he upset like some really good players. And I think like mid like tournament, he changed his tag to big dick Billy. So yeah. it's like, oh, that was real funny. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was uh, very, very funny, but really but you, um, you were talking about my tag. <laughs> yes. So you're, so, uh, they called the name scary daddy and I was just like, oh boy, they, that guy, <laughs> get a load of that guy's name. Am I right? And you were yeah. just like, oh, that's me. And I'm just like, oh, oh, <laughs> I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I remember this very clearly because I was like, oh that's man, very like, funny. Yeah, I'm that was meeting- the day I met you. <laughs> It was. Yeah, I knew I, about you. He's like, I knew about you because I knew Cameron's Smash friends, and like, we just never crossed paths. And then, yeah, that day. Uh, so yeah, my handle was Scary Daddy. I chose it because it was funny, and that's it. Like, that's really it. Like, I think my tag within the game was Daddy No, like comma <laughs> space No exclamation point. Which, um, yeah, I thought it was funny. I think it's. I still think it's very funny. Yeah. Um, and that if you ever really, want to start a ska band, that's a great name for a ska band. Scary so. Daddy. I, like, it's, it's, maybe, it's, maybe with a K and like just a capitalized S K A to really, you know, I like some ska bands when I, Hey, we're a ska band. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, geez. I've already, I've actually, <laughs> I've actually thought of my ska band name and it's something oh, that I'll I say, you mine. it's something that I say to my, uh, to my girlfriend's dog, whenever we like leave the house to go somewhere, I always tell the dog not to eat her brother. So, my, brother? so, so yeah. So our band, so our, my ska band name would be don't eat your brother. Uh, that would, that's that good. Would be I name. like that. Uh, mine was, and this is like the fantasy ska band that Cam and I middle school or high school, um, the Lemonade Brewers. Oh, that's a good one. I like yeah, that. Yeah, and like I even like thought of like what the logo would look like. It would be um, like a black and white, like, you know, this checkerboard. You got to have the checkerboard. But then it would be uh, pink and yellow text that say the Lemonade Brewers because those are the two colors of lemonade. That's true. There's There is only yeah. two uh, kinds of and lemonade. I think nowadays we might end up becoming a Beyonce ska cover band because of her album Lemonade. <laughs> I actually that's what we're here to talk about. today about, folks. We're here to talk about uh, my future Beyonce ska cover band. That's true. Yeah, the Lemonade <laughs> Brewers. We we you've, we've we've come a long way since uh, the Ooh La La podcast and uh, talk about the fancy things of life. I I yeah. Uh, quick plug. Uh, yeah, me and Cameron and our friend Jared have a podcast called Ooh La La. Don't mind if I do you uh fancy things in life um it's it's a lot of fun we haven't made an episode in about a year or so oddly enough we've we've been recording remotely the entire time and then when all podcasts had to be made remotely we kind of just stopped making these podcasts but we're going to come back one day hopefully um yeah uh, there are 13 episodes you can check those out but i guess yeah. i shouldn't plug up top because they don't your listeners don't know if they like me or not yet that's true that's true but you know, just trust me just trust me you guys are gonna like sean at some Thank point, you. so as as we do every every, every episode point, here, I think I think that's a good uh, that's a good tag <laughs> on me as a dude. He's like, you'll like me at some point. That'll be put that on your LinkedIn profile. How long it will take, but you'll get there. That's For a true. little bit, you'll be like, he's all right. <laughs> this guy, he's got moxie. I like him. Gosh. <laughs> so so as we as we do every episode here in the Cooped Up Podcast. Um, you know, I sit down with my friends and, you know, we, we're all consuming, we're all, you know, consuming mind numbing media 
to kind of mm. keep ourselves occupied in these in these trying times. And uh, you actually inspired me, Sean. Um, oh yeah, because this yeah. year. So last year. Uh, number one, you lived in one of the hotspots of the coronavirus in, in New York That's City. That's right. I lived in Wuhan, China. <laughs> <laughs> no, I live. I'm I'm in the I'm in the heart of New York City, baby, Brooklyn. That's right, uh, home of the Brooklyn yeah, Nets. Yeah. Yes, and the Brooklyn Dodgers, baby. <laughs> um, Sean, I don't know how to tell you this, but um, the the Dodgers moved to Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you this, but the, the Mets playing. Oh, you said Nets. Yes. Oh, I thought you said Nets like the Metropolitans. I'm like, buddy, they're in Queens. <laughs> oh, geez, egg is on my face. And how about this? Uh, the Brooklyn Cyclones playing out at Coney Island. Yes. Oh, man. There you go. That's a team that you can't argue. You have a baseball hat from them, too. That's Love true. Great, great fun, too. Coney Island is yes. a is a fan. Coney Island rocks. Yeah. I've taken you there, right? We have. Yeah, we've gone together. Yeah, I yeah, love Coney good, Island. Good. It's the best. Um, one of our friends accidentally slept on the subway and got all the way to Coney Island once. That's very true. And that was the tricky thing. Um, before I don't want to go too. I want to derail it. Um, but yeah, we. Uh, my, one of my old roommates, uh, Austin. Hey, buddy. Um, we uh, we lived pretty far deep into Brooklyn, and we were on the D line. And if we were like, I'd say about twenty minutes away from Coney Island by train. And if you missed our stop and you just rode it to the end of the line, you got to Coney Island. And I think yeah, that happened to him one time where he just uh, he fell asleep on the train and woke up at Coney Island and had to take it back about twenty minutes to get off the train. Yeah, I actually, I, love, uh, I, I truly, I truly love Brooklyn though so much. It's I love Park Slope, I love Sunset Park, I love Coney Island, um, and I love the D train. <laughs> I do too when it chooses to run, but that's a podcast I for a different day. I haven't taken the D day. train in like four years. <laughs> that's not true. Probably three. Whatever. Whatever. Must be nice. But we are gathered here yeah. today because, uh, like I said, Sean inspired me at the beginning of this year because last year. In our Lord's year, 2020, you watched 100 movies for the first time that you've never seen before. Yeah, I think the total ended up being over about 104, um, somewhere around there. But yeah, over 100. Uh, yeah, and I can give you the inspiration for this because I don't want to claim it as my own idea. Uh, like almost everything I do, I heard the idea on a podcast. Um, there is this comedian, uh, Demi Adijuibe. Yes. I think his handle on everything is at Electrolemon. Incredibly funny person, a wonderful follow across the board on like every social platform. Uh, He brought it up, I think about three years ago that he didn't watch enough movies or new movies rather. And he wanted to set a goal to watch 100 movies he had never seen before in a year. And I heard that idea. I'm like, I should do that. And uh, I tried it a couple years. I got it to like 40 or 60. I never really finished it. But then this past year, yeah, I just was like, well, I have literally no reason not to do this. And I sat down. And I think I watched 104 movies I'd never seen before. Demi also. Not in succession. Uh, not like, not, not like, yeah, no, 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 no. This is spread out over 365 days. 366. Yeah. It was a leap year. Yes, that's true. I forgot about that. Uh, Demi also formerly the host of a podcast that I really yes. liked. Uh, Punch up the jam. Punch up the jam. Uh, with Miel yeah. Bredo. Oh. Great podcast. I think, I think that just ended for good. Cause it Miel did. Left the podcast. I, yeah, I did. And I'm, I'm very, very sad about it because it was, yeah. a, it was a great it's part a, of my, of my week. Honestly, it was a miracle that that podcast could work three weeks. They produced a full song every single week. That yeah. is an insane amount of work. And they were all so funny. Um, yeah, Miel and Demi are just wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, from my consumption as a fan, I can't say anything about them. I don't have a parasocial relationship with them. Uh, <laughs> no, they're great. Uh, Demi is genuine. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, without making this into a podcast about other podcasters, uh, yeah, I took on this challenge. Um, I use this website called Letterboxd, which if you're into movies, like if you're on like if you're into film, you might know about it. But it's a social media platform where the whole purpose is logging what you watched. And if you want to, you can rate or review it. And uh, yeah, I did that. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, I it's I think in years prior, I had started to get more into movies, specifically when like MoviePass came out and was like, hey, we're doing this. And it was very apparent that like the model of MoviePass was built to fail. And I, like many other people, were like, I'm going to ride this thing into hell. And uh, I signed up for MoviePass and I saw a lot of movies. I was there until the dying day. I signed up for Movie Pass. I think at the worst possible time because I that think like right. maybe like the month I got it, it went under, which yeah, made me under. very upset. I'll tell um, you what, man, it was it was great because I saw it right around the time where you had to start showing up, being like, "I have a Movie Pass and you can get in." Um, but no, I saw a lot of great movies with Movie Pass. I think it was around like 2017 when that happened. Um, a lot of great movies that year. 
No, for sure. And that's I, that, that's a great transition here because yeah. I, I to shot. I have a, a, a couple of movies here that I've watched. Now, some of them we've both watched. Yes. Um, but there's a couple of movies that I watched, uh, particularly because A, I wanted to see them. B, they were available. And C, I knew that you have seen them and that you wanted to talk about them. And since we're on yes. the subject of, of 2017, I'm going to be leading off with the first new movie that one of the new movies I've watched this year for the first time. It is the 2017 Academy uh, Award nominated film Lady Bird. Oh, one of my favorite movies. I love Lady Bird. Isn't it so good? It was phenomenal. Um, I uh, such I saw I think that might have been a movie pass movie. Yeah. Um, so if you're not yeah, familiar with Lady, Lady Bird, it is a it I, is a. F- go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say. Well, you're the Lady Bird stan. So why don't you give yeah, me the, the I, word I, than the Lady I stand Bird? I stan Lady for sure. Uh, <laughs> I really I don't describe myself as a stan much, but I absolutely stan Lady. <laughs> um, no, it's a uh, Greta Gerwig direct. I think it's a directorial debut. Um, yes stars Saoirse Ronan uh Beanie Feldstein's in it uh you got Lucas Hedges and that no good untrustworthy Timothy Chalamet <laughs> uh, I'm starting to beef with Timothy Chalamet I don't trust that <laughs> um, no it's, it's just a really really nice coming of age movie uh and it's it's a it's you know it's a very interesting thing where it is a period piece of the year 2001 2002 yeah, I was actually just gonna say that. Um, yeah, Isn't it was that cool? so. It, like, he nailed it. <laughs> yeah, like it was. It was really weird for me to see, like, because the movie starts, and like, I'm not sure, like, how, like, what year the movie set it. I'm just like, how, yeah. like, is it like the 90s? Is it, like the 80s? But then you find out, you know, when they have a New Year's celebration, that it's happening in the ripe year of 2002. And I'm yeah. like, wow, have we, have we, like, are we that old to where like you can start making period pieces I mean, in like it's the early 2000s? 20 years ago now. It's true. It's crazy to think about, but yeah. Um, so my favorite thing about that was, so I saw it like in theaters what, during the theatrical release of Lady Bird. And that was right around the time when the story of Brian Williams lying about the attacks that he was a part of, like the news anchor, Brian Williams. Yes. Um, he was, like, he made some claims that he was in like a helicopter. Never happened. And it was like this thing, he like went away from TV for about like a month or so. Um, I could be misremembering some of the details, but the big thing is that he was caught lying about something he experienced in the news. And in Lady Bird, they show footage of him in Iraq. And the entire audience, like, I heard everyone just go, like, like everyone just kind of, like, <laughs> shoved in their seats. Um, yeah, no, Lady Bird's great. Also, a fun thing about Lady Bird, um, Real Big Fish is in the soundtrack. We're That's true, they Scott. are. The song, uh, I believe it was... Snoop Dogg Baby is in the movie when uh, Lady Bird and her friends get high for the. And yeah, I'm a complete sucker for coming of age movies, and I think this is one of the best ones I've ever seen. And yeah, I cry when I watch Lady Bird. There's a scene in that movie that I really resonate with, like with my my upbringing. And yeah, it's just a really I think it's a phenomenal movie. And I know some people aren't as into it, and that's fine. But for my money's worth, I think it's like one of my favorite movies no. of all time. I think it's in my I... top. I can understand why you feel that way. Um, I'm a sucker for peer. I'm a I, number one. I love period pieces, whether they be in like you know the '60s or the, yeah. the the early 2000s. And number two, I love a good coming of age story. It's, oh, it's a, the it's, best. It, it's it's so because it's so relatable. You know, it's it's one yeah. of the most relatable genres of movies, especially when you know. Uh, granted, we're, you know we're a little bit older than yeah. like I'd say that. You know, I think in 2002, I was, you know, like in the seventh grade or something yeah, like I that. Was, but like, no, you were you were not in the seventh grade in 2002. I was in the second. Oh, you said grade. second, second. second. Grade. Yeah, that's, that's, right. that's accurate. I was going to say seventh grade. Like, no, man, I was nine years. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very true. But yeah, no, it's 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 just it's so it's great. Like the movie's not it's 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 uncomfortable at times, but like it's also like heartwarming at times. And like it, it's, it's it never like teeters on like one side yeah. of that for one for too long um like it's just it, it, uh, it's, yeah no it, it's just like i feel like it's a at no point in the movie was i sitting there thinking i'm bored. and no, i think that's yeah. I've, I've heard this i've heard this story around a lot but like that's the ultimate thing a movie should not be is boring like if, if you can't hold the audience's attention you've kind of failed as a filmmaker and i and there's you can dispute that i think there are like some cases where like that's okay but I mean, ultimately, I think as a movie watching thing, like, people talk about, like, oh, I, I bad movies, you know, like people say like, oh, The Room, it's the worst movie ever made. And it's like, well, I get why someone would say that. But also it's like it's you can watch it. Like, yeah. You can sit down and like enjoy it. 
And I think if you're entertained, then the movie can't be the worst movie ever made. That's yeah. at least my take. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. The movie was awesome. My favorite character in the movie is the football coach turned to theater oh director. Oh, my God. He was so good. <laughs> my So the scene that kills me is um, – I think it's the scene where Lady Bird has the conversation with her. Give me a number. And she's like – they have this big fight, and the dad's just sitting there, like, head down in front of the computer uh that breaks me every time i watch it i love that movie so much gosh uh the dad's my favorite character i think obviously like ladybird i have such a crush on the character ladybird if i was in high school i would have a crush on the character ladybird let me make that clear um, <laughs> no saoirse ronan's wonderful and I, i've like it's really kind of opened my eyes as to who she is and i've been like going through movies and finding her and stuff like i just watched uh the grand budapest hotel and she's in that movie and she's phenomenal in it um she's such a good actress love saoirse yeah, no, absolutely uh, fantastic stuff. No um, love for Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. This is the podcast yeah, that will start the, the beat. He lives, he lives in Brooklyn, Manhattan. Like, he lives within 10 miles of me. The He's only person, in, the only celebrity in Brooklyn I wish to run into is Michael Sarah, which I yeah, have. We've, we've both done that now. Yeah, we both have 20 degrees of separation with Michael Sarah. Yeah. So you tell your story because yours has to do with us seeing a movie. That's Topical. true. Um, just really quick, um, me, Sean, and a couple of our friends, we went to go see The Incredibles 2 in Brooklyn. We saw it at the Alamo Draft House. Um, great movie, a great theater. We mm. were leaving the theater, uh, and I had forgotten something in the movie theater. So as I, I run back up to go get it, and as I'm running back down the stairs, I see a crowd of people like forming in the lobby, and there I see like all five foot like six of Michael Sarah. Like, with his arm around a total dime, mind you. And, like, he's talking to this guy. And I, like, slowed down just enough to, like, recognize that it was Michael Sarah. And as I get to the bottom of the staircase to catch up with everyone, I'm just like, guys, I think I just ran by Michael Sarah. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> yeah. That, I saw, so I saw Michael. I remember that very vividly. And I was like, should we go back and, like, say hi? But no, we're not going to bother anybody. They're going to see a movie. I um, believe he was seeing the Mr. Cool. Rogers documentary. Was that is that what you seeing? I think it was, yeah. Was that the same time? Wow, I feel like that was earlier. I'll take your word for it. Um, no, I, so I ran into Michael Sarah the day that Biden won the election. Oh, that's um, correct. Yeah, I was I was walking around Brooklyn like mask. Obviously, the entire like when I was walking around in Brooklyn, everybody had a mask on. We were in downtown Brooklyn, a friend and I, and uh, we we went down um, I think Fifth Avenue, and there was a band playing like outside a restaurant and like there's a big crowd of people looking around like dancing and like celebrating is an amazing day and i look over and i'm like i think that it looks like it, that looks like a guy who looks like michael sarah in a mask and i like watched him dance and i'm like oh that's absolutely michael sarah <laughs> and i like walked over to get a good book and it was michael and uh yeah i didn't bother him um but yeah that's a that was my michael sarah story i think yours is a little bit more interesting um <laughs> yeah no, he, he's a really good dude i love michael sarah he's such a good actor no, I'm a, I'm a fan for sure. Um, um, so yeah, that was well, Lady Bird. I, wanna, I also want to throw this out there because I know you introed me with my IMDb. Quotes. I want to yes. give some context to that before people are just Please. like, this guy's not get out. Um, so I one of my previous jobs was at a Daily's post production facility, where uh, every day the film shoots what they need to shoot for the day. Then they bring the footage over to our office. And we would sync up the audio and video. We would do some basic color correction, enter in metadata on the footage, and then send all that stuff over to the editors. So at every hour of the day, when you're making a movie, during the week, someone is working on that movie. And that was my job for a lot of, for, I think I was there for just shy of four years. Um, and what I did for Get Out was they shot the alternate ending. Well, I know the actual ending of the movie in new york after they had wrapped because the original ending which is now the alternate ending i'm gonna conflate stuff uh <laughs> that ended up not testing well and so they wanted to shoot another ending and the ending ends up being where um spoiler alert for anyone who has not seen get out uh the main character ends up getting killing the person that's holding him captive and getting away and uh so they had to shoot that, and the actress, uh, Allison Williams, was shooting the final season of Girls at the time, and they couldn't bring her back down to Atlanta because she was shooting Girls. And so they brought, they shot it up in New York, and they ended up using our, our New York Dailies facility 
as the dailies place for this alter the actual ending of the film get out so oh wow I, and what i did there was i just archived the footage onto a hard drive and i put it on my imdb and no one has taken it down yet. <laughs> um, so that's what i did there um i did the same thing or no then for uh, i did that for mr robot as well but then i also did something this for the film motherless brooklyn as well which is um i was the dailies colorist for some episodes of Mr. Robot, I did it for some days, and I did it for all of the movie Motherless Brooklyn. You can see my name in the credits on that one, baby. Um, Hell yeah. And yeah, I, that was where I personally synced up the footage, did color correction, metadata, and passed it over to the editors. And yeah, so I got to work on a lot of cool projects. Um, I think the one that I liked the most that I worked on, it was probably Get Out. It was absolutely Get Out. Get Out's one of the best movies I've seen. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's so that, a phenomenal movie. That's what I did. Also, Kyle, um, I before we hopped on this uh, recording, I did go through my list of movies that I watched twenty, and I came up with ten movies that I saw for the first time that I could recommend to people. Ooh, okay. Let's let's we'll do some let's do some rapid fire real quick. What are some rapid ten? fire? I'll go through it really okay. quick. Go for it. Uh, number one is the film "Stop Making Sense" nineteen eighty four. That was by Jonathan Demme. It's a Talking Heads concert film. It's the most fun I've ever seen captured in, in a movie. Uh, next one I had was Portrait of a Lady on Fire from 2019. The best romance movie I've ever seen in my life. Great movie. Uh, it's so goddamn good. Uh, third is Adam's Family Values, the sequel to the Adam's Family movie from 1993. Unbelievably funny. So good. Uh, four is the 2020 film Palm Springs, my favorite movie of this past year. Um, it's just incredible. It's so funny. I'll just end it at five. Uh, last one I had was the 1977 Japanese house which is on hbo max and it is such a weird movie i loved it yes and i'm I, i've heard people say that if, if you like parasite you'll definitely like that movie i i would not give, <laughs> i don't know if i would say that it's a different vibe uh it's yeah. very cool though house is a house is a fun movie to watch yeah i've, I've heard really good things about it now house speaking is of 100 worth the watch speaking of hbo max that there is another yes. movie that i watched on that i know that you've seen Yes. Uh, at least I think you've seen this movie. Now, it is a movie out of sheer uh, uncanny valley and curiosity that I sat down and watched this. It is the 2020 animated classic, Scoob. Oh, buddy, I have not seen Scoob. <laughs> you know what? Then let me, let me tell you Scoob. about it. I, you... I met Scoob in the last time I went to a movie theater to see Sonic the Hedgehog. There was, a cut, there was like a, a model of Scoob, and I took my picture next to it. So I, I'll make this. Tell one me quick. about Scoob, buddy. I gotta so, hear about Scoob. So if you're not familiar, Scoob is the 2020 theatrical, I guess, return. Scooby Doo hasn't made a theatrical film since the, I guess, the live action Monsters films. Monsters Unleashed. Like, since Monsters Unleashed, yeah, which was yeah. like mid 2000s. Um, yeah, that's the movie where uh, half the half the movie Scooby is um doing the daytime levels, and then the other half he's the wear Scoob levels. <laughs> Oh man, that, that's that that's joke rich. was specifically for you, Cameron. That, that's great. Um, so yeah, so Scoob is the CGI animated, um, you know, take on Scooby Doo. Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't like it. It wasn't a oh, great no. movie. I, I've heard from a lot of people that it sucks. Um, so I, I can I can go into some details of why I don't like it because I yeah. it hurt me because I love Scooby Doo. Like of anyone, Scooby Doo has stood the test of time. He's like it's been. 40 oh no it's been like 50 years now i think since um that's not right yeah no 50 it's been about 50 years since scooby-doo first came out yeah like scooby-doo and that 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 franchise has been relevant for 50 years Mm -hmm. yeah no it's um sorry i just get so choked up when i talk about scooby-doo but you gotta be (laughs) so the the honest so the, the the quick synopsis of the film scoob uh you know follows the adventures of the mystery inked gang um, you get a little bit of, of a prequel to how Scooby and Shaggy met each other. Um, it really sets the foundation for their friendship. Um, then Mystery Inc. gets contact. <laughs> I, I believe, if I'm correct, um, they I have to I have to look up the Wikipedia article for this because the, the plot is one of my biggest problems with this movie. Um, OK, so Mr. So, yeah, it, it sets up the prequel to how Scooby and Shaggy met each other. And then 10 years later. Uh, Mystery Inc. goes into business, and their entrepreneur investor is Simon Cowell. 
Oh, that's a relevant joke. Yeah, yeah, which I think is which is is funny. Um, Scal refuses that's the to do second. That's the second animated movie he's in because he's in Shrek Two, right? That is correct. I, far, yes. far away idol. Which is like we're talking like we're comparing apples to to like liquid nitrogen at this point. Like, both. I, those... I'm gonna try my best to watch my language around the 2020 Warner Brothers, uh, my current employer's parent company. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm positive. Like, I don't think I'd actually get the kickback, but um, yeah, continue. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, so Simon Cowell refuses to go into business with Mystery Inc. while they're while Scooby and Shaggy are involved. Wait, are they um, singing? No, they're just they they're going. Is Simon Cowell haunted? No, <laughs> they're trying to expand their ghost hunting business, but they need Simon a business Cowell, investor. Hey, Simon Cowell, you were the you were on American Idol and The Voice. Do you need a bunch of teenagers to round up ghosts for you? <laughs> I, I guess so. I love that. Yeah, so <laughs> that so there's a fight ensues. Uh then Shaggy and Scooby end up being kid uh they they end up being like pursued by robots. Um they end up being picked up by the Blue Falcon and and nice. his and his team of and his team of bandits. Uh and they are hey, on I thought Blue Falcon was a good guy. Yeah, no the the Blue Falcon uh saves them from being uh, attacked by the robots because oh. the robots are being uh, are in cahoots with Dick Dastardly, another oh. of, of Hanna Barbera's villains. I I love wacky racers. Yeah, so the uh, shenanigans <laughs> ensue. Um, that's all I'll say. I I think the movie yeah. is worth at least one watch. But that's, I, I might do that. Yeah. So I'll so I'll tell you the things I did like about it. Number one, um, I do like that the movie does try to incorporate like a lot of the other Hanna Barbera like properties. Well, I, I I might be wrong on this, but I believe those was. That's not a joke. That's a real thing they tried to Say do. Say that one more time. You cut out for a second. Uh, they Apparently, I remember reading that that movie was supposed to be the launch of the Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe. You might, I might have remember hearing about that also. Because uh, that's um, where they incorporated, like, Blue Caveman. Uh, Blue Caveman. Jeez, I just conflated the two. Captain Caveman. Blue Falcon, Captain Caveman. Uh, wacky Racers are in there. Um, did our buddy Jabberjaw make an appearance? Uh, he does in the, in the end credit, uh, like... It's That's not like he's not like animated. He's like drawn on like a cartoon panel. What about Squid Diddley? Uh, he is on a billboard as Mr. Really? Ingr- yeah, he's on a billboard. Uh, if you want, I can tell you the characters that actually like show up. Yeah, let's let's spoil Scoob. So here's here's spoilers for Scoob if you haven't seen it. This is your warning. Um, so Dick Dastardly is obviously the big bad. Um, he is trying to find his uh, <laughs> Muttley is involved. Is that the dog's yeah, name? Yeah, uh, yeah. Mut- I think it's Muttley. Yeah, Muttley is in the film. Um, I won't, ex- I won't <laughs> explain to what, uh, degree. Hanna-Barbera's second most famous dog. Yes, I agree. Uh, and <laughs> Captain Caveman appears in a movie. Now, do you want to take a guess at who voices Captain oh, Caveman? I know. I know it's Tracy Morgan. It's Tracy Morgan, which is hilarious. So, yeah, go ahead. I want to circle back to the voice cast. Yeah, well, that's actually the, the point I was going to get to about the, the things yeah. I didn't like about the movie is that what I love about Scooby-Doo is that. The voice cast is, is is iconic. You know, the only original voice actor they bring back for the movie is Frank Welker. And he only voices Scooby-Doo. So he they, doesn't voice Fred. He does not voice Fred. Fred is voiced by Zac Efron. Zac Efron. Um, Shaggy's uh, voiced by Will Forte. I want to talk about that one specifically because that one really it, – it really tugged at my heart. Because um, obviously – now, real Scoob heads know this. Um, Shaggy was voiced by Casey Kasem. Yes. For the majority of his career. And then after the live action Scooby-Doo movie where Matthew Lillard, one of the great actors of our time, I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. Matthew Lillard's the best. I love that dude. I agree. Um, he After he played Shaggy in the Scooby-Doo film, Casey Kasem gave him the blessing of being like, hey, you can do Shaggy from now on. And then he voiced Shaggy in everything. everything yeah, since Scooby-Doo 2009, movies. he's been the voice of Shaggy. Yeah, and then the problem is is when they announced the voice cast for this, this is how Matthew Willard found out that they were making them. And they cast it with Will Forte, a person who I also have a deep fondness for. I love Will Forte. But it's just so much of Scooby-Doo is the static voice cast. Yeah, like, no, I agree. Really that's a lot of the appeal is just like, we're talking Scoob, folks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's this episode. I will no, say that's something I, that was like something that I remember being a big problem where like the voice cast for Scooby Doo found out that like they were being replaced by celebrities. 
Yeah, like, and they got some they got some ringers here. Like Mark Mark Wahlberg's in the movie; he voices the Blue Falcon. Uh, uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania's very own Amanda uh, uh, Seyfried. She Seyfried. voiced uh, Daphne. Yeah, she voiced Correct. Daphne. Uh, she went to my high school's rival high school. Oh wow! Uh, then we don't like her on this podcast. No, she's fine. I like her. Mean uh, Girls is a classic. <laughs> That's okay. You know, you you got it. And Gina Rodriguez is the voice of uh yeah of Velma Dinkley. If you're a fan of uh, Jane the Virgin, great show. Yes, and she was also in other things that I don't remember right now. She's uh, funny. I like. Oh, Jane she's Rodriguez. in the Carmen San Diego uh, Netflix show. I think I've worked on something that she was in. Oh wow, that's funny. I might have. <laughs> but anyway, that's yeah. So I think like the biggest thing to me is that like. So much of Scooby Doo for me is based in the voice cast, and like it yeah. just felt like it felt very like hollow. I don't. It was very strange. Like it's like it's. I I love you know. Like I said, I grew up with the classics. Grew up with Casey Kasem, and then since Matthew Lillard and and Frank Welker and all these other people, and I don't know. It it just felt very like I didn't feel that connection, and also like a lot of the mis- some some of the writing is a little like corny too. It's a little like. Yeah. too self-referential and stuff like that some so, of the jokes are like when the jokes are funny they're funny but some of the time it's i don't know it's just gonna work for me so it's i listened to an episode of a podcast blank check with griffin and Dave, where they talked about the film um hotel transylvania or hotel transylvania 2 i think um and griffin newman uh speaks at length about how shrek changed animation for better and worse and one of the things that made it for worse is um, Shrek was the first animated film that really put the voice actors above the characters, both in a literal sense in the movie poster, but also in, in the sense that like they were trying to bring people in with the voice cast instead of the fact that it was an animated movie. Cause even if you look right. back at the marketing at the original toy story, they never really pushed hard for like, Oh look, it's Tom Hanks and Tim Allen. Cause also at that time, not really too hugely like Alan was the bigger star at that time. Yes. I think. Because that's like before Forrest Gump came out or right after. Yeah, I think like Tom Hanks' IMDb run was like just kicking off in like 1994. It was, it was going crazy afterwards. But then when they released Shrek 2001, they put on the movie poster Myers, Lithgow, Diaz, Murphy. And I think what's interesting, I think this again comes down to like uh, possibly my speculation movie production companies and like executive producers saying people want to go to the animated film for the voice casting rather than the story. And for Scooby-Doo people aren't going because it's like, Oh, Zach Efron's playing Fred. I have to see this. People are going because it's Scooby-Doo. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like a big misstep. And I think I like the idea of an, of Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe. I hope that follows through, but uh, yeah, I've heard, little to no positive praise on scoop yeah like the it, obviously you know it's an animated movie so like i'm still gonna have fun with it regardless but like yeah the like, digestible. yeah like the like the you know some of the writing was not great the over like the the ending is not like i don't know it's like the they like make a big deal about like the the consequence of like what happens at the end of the movie and then mm-hmm. they just like completely like disregard what happens i mean i I knew i figured it was gonna happen because you know it's an animated movie and it's a scooby-doo movie it has to have a happy ending obviously um i will give praise for one thing before i move on from this to talk about some some good movies um number one tracy tracy morgan as the as captain caveman hilarious number two and number two they recreate the original scooby-doo intro uh as the intro for the movie which is awesome i love that yeah, I love that. That that's a nice thing to hear. Yeah, and also like they all dress up in Halloween costumes in the beginning of the movie, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I um I remember someone pointed out that in the trailer because they go into a haunted house and do trick or treat, but none of the kids have a trick or treat bag. <laughs> They're just standing there in costume saying trick or treat. It's like, where do you want me to put? This? <laughs> obviously in my hands because i'm an adult yeah. and i can carry well, it if it was oh. like scooby and shaggy it makes sense they could just unhinge that like a big old sandwich yeah <laughs> they act they, they make uh reference to the comedically sized sandwich Good. multiple times which is you funny. gotta you yeah gotta. Like, it wasn't a complete wash but i wouldn't watch it again i do recommend watching it once though it's a fun watch all but right, let's talk about some good movies all right so we will so it's, it's really funny because in the podcast that episode that just dropped today me and my yes. friend mentioned that uh 
my friend Glenn and I, we talked about how uh, Studio Ghibli was one of our things that we kept ourselves busy with uh, a couple of times in quarantine, Um, you know, because the the movies are now all available on HBO Max. Um, I think it's the first time a lot of them are available on streaming, um, at least to my knowledge. You are 100 percent right that this is the first time. Um, Yeah, I also went through I watched all the Miyazaki films this past year. I just finished it this week, actually. I just watched The Wind Rises. So let's, I, and, I, and I'm glad you watched that because I also just watched that. And I, yeah. that's, uh, that's a film that I wanted to talk about because this film came out in 2013. Uh, I believe it was, it might have been, was it nominated for an, an Academy Award that year? I, I, I think it might have been. I, it probably lost to whatever picture. I'm going to Google that right now. Um, I got it. I got it. Keep talking. Right. I got it. So this movie came out in 2013, and I think it at the time this came out, I remember this movie getting a lot of press buzz um, yeah. because it was like, I don't know what it was. I think it was around the time where, like, you know, releasing anime f- like films in theaters was, like, still kind of, like, mm. deemed, like, risky. Like, it, it's much more normalized now. Uh, so uh, circle back. It was nominated for an Oscar for Best Animated Feature Film. It lost to Frozen. That checks out. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. But uh, as far as Oscars and animated films go, the first animated feature film Oscar went to Spirited Away in 2001. That, that is. Yep, that's true. And it's a, yep. uh, a phenomenal movie. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time. And yeah. The, well, the let's win- talk about Wind Rises. Yeah. So The Wind Rises, um, It's uh, <laughs> it came out in 2013, like we just mentioned. Um, and similar to like most like Ghibli like English dub movies, um, the cast is absolutely stacked. You watched the dub? I watched the dub. I did as well, and I actually want to. I didn't know if I was going to get any flack for it. But I I thought the dub was awesome. No, I I always watch my my uh my the Ghibli movies dubbed because I always go back to the first time I watched Spirited Away, and I watched Spirited Away in English. So like. That's yeah. how I commonly watch these movies. Is I I, I like to watch them like dubbed and stuff. So there were um of because I haven't seen every uh I haven't seen every movie. So, is it Ghibli or Ghibli? I say Ghibli. I'll say Ghibli for the sake of consistency on this episode. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I I haven't seen all the Ghibli movies, but I did watch every Miyazaki feature film, and that includes uh Castle of Cagliostro, Lupin the Third movie, which uh mm. so good. Yeah, I uh, watch that movie in theaters. It's awesome. It's one of my, it's, I'll get into it in a little bit. Um, but no, I, there are only two films that I watched subbed instead of dubbed. And one was Castle of Cagliostro. The other one was Porco Rosso. Um, but no, I watched them dubbed. And I think if anyone's on the fence, it's like, I don't know if I should watch the dub of, uh, of The Wind Rises. I want to make, before we get into the cast, there's one specific scene that made me so happy that I watched the dub. And uh, Werner Herzog, acclaimed filmmaker, voices a character in this movie and he sings a song in German and it's the first <laughs> time I've ever heard Werner Herzog express joy. And I loved it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so cool. But no, the cast is incredible. So it's Joseph Gordon Levitt is the main character. Um, yes. And his best friend is played by John Krasinski, which is hilarious. <laughs> now, did you know, did you notice who voiced, uh, I forget the main character's name. If, unless their name is in the title of the film of Miyazaki films, I generally forget it. But uh, the act, did you see who played the young version of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character? Uh, yes, that is uh, Zach uh, Callison. Steven Universe. Yeah, crazy stuff. Wild. I was so excited when I saw that. And also, uh, the, I guess one of the early love interests or, or something like that in the movie mm-hmm. was voiced by, I forget, I forget which one it is, because they introduced a couple of women in yeah. this in this movie uh but one of them is voiced yeah. by emily blunt who is john krasinski's yes. wife in real life i believe so. i believe may whitman also voiced this film and william h macy does it and i think mandy patinkin uh, how can we o- also how can we overlook martin short like martin, martin short oh. like, was he what, did he voice his boss yeah he's the boss that's the, uh, the, <laughs> he crushed it he yeah. crushed it big fan of martin short i love martin short i got a question for you on the greater miyazaki scale yes since we're talking about dubs what is your favorite performance in a Miyazaki film dubbed? Uh, that would mine. be Billy Crystal as the yeah, fire in House Moving Castle. It has to be Calcifer. It has yes. to be Calcifer. <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. Billy Crystal crushes it in that room. I'm going to go. I, 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 I like rewatch that movie at least once a year. It's my favorite Ghibli movie, so I love um, to watch it. So I actually I did also finish my Miyazaki 
this week. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah, um, my favorite is Spirited Away. I think it's like objectively, like from it. Like, I don't. Th- I don't know if it's my favorite, but I think it's objectively the best Miyazaki film. Uh, my personal favorite, though, I think it's Kiki's. You can't go wrong with Kiki. I it's love Kiki's. One. Another. It's a coming of age film. It's beautifully animated. It's very fun. I think that's um, Kirsten Dunst plays Kiki. Yes, a young Kirsten Dunst yeah. plays Kiki. Yeah, she's so good. Um, then Phil, my Hart- next Phil Hartman favorite... is in that movie as well. Oh so. my god, he's so good in that too. No, he's amazing. The fact that like we can get a like because Phil Hartman taken away from us too soon, tragic story. The fact that he got to voice a character in a choice, it, it made me so happy. Yeah, and that movie is uh, he voices the cat in that movie. Yes, uh, that's another movie that's like like stacked to the brim with like. Really, yeah. like, if like one of the Lawrence brothers in that movie, he plays Tombo, uh, Matthew yeah. oh, Lawrence. So good, um, so good. Tress McNeil, uh, Dot from the Animaniacs, if you're familiar, also does yeah. a lot of other voices in like Futurama say, and Family Guy. So, who voice was I'm gonna look up the voice of the who voiced the grandma in Kiki's the grandmas they're the best characters in that movie. Oh man, I'd have to I'd have to think about that. I, I want to say I think it might have been the late Cloris Leachman who just passed this week. Oh, you may you may be right. I know Brad Garrett has a, a speaking role. In oh, that he movie does too, have which it. Is yeah, crazy. He, he plays uh, he plays the pregnant woman's wa- husband. I think. <laughs> um, Kiki. No, it was Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds is in. I think I want to say Leachman was in something. I think Leachman might be in Ponya. Oh, maybe you might be. I right. think she's one of the old women in Ponya. But then uh, the other two favorite three outside of spirited away it's a uh, kiki's delivery service castle in the sky and then castle of cagliostro which isn't technically a, a ghibli movie but it's a miyazaki film so i counted that's fantastic um, another great voice performance uh the johnson uh not johnson uh the fanning sisters in totoro that's true yeah i actually They're forgot so about good. that um, yeah it's dakota fanning and l fanning Wow. Yeah. Again, yeah. like Ghibli doesn't like skimp on uh, on any of the voice cast in these movies. And it's I'll... funny because that, that comes down to Disney because Disney has the the American distribution rights. In it. Yep. And they help That's like true. do the dubbing. Except that only spirited away. But even before that, like they have some big names in like Nausicaa and uh, Mononoke. It's good. It's yeah, good. No, it's awesome. I will say though, uh, the Wind Rides is number one beautifully animated movie. Uh, yeah. oh, beautiful so story pretty. it's there awesome were, do you ever there's a shot in the wind rises that made me just i was i, I was sitting alone in my bedroom and i went oh fuck yeah it was um it's a scene where it's just like the lake but a plane flies over ahead of it and you see the ripples of the lake just permeate throughout the entire thing it was just yes. so beautifully animated i would cheered in my apartment when i saw that shot yeah. i think so about good. i think about the scene in the beginning of the movie with the earthquake where like oh you God. see like the like the the the, the, the fissures like crack through the screen and then it like it um it like spreads out throughout the entirety of like you know the plane and the houses all move and the train tracks move like yeah everything yeah. like in motion just looks so beautifully animated and especially when like things fall apart in this movie because a lot of shit breaks yeah in the wind rises so like watching like and Keep in mind, this is all like I'm pretty sure this movie is mostly hand drawn. If I'm correct, I think um, it's entirely hand drawn. Yeah, so like you you're just watching like you know like wood splinter and like these things like fall apart and explode, and it's like truly a beautiful thing. I will say though, I'll I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't big on Joseph Gordon Levitt. I didn't I didn't really like him. No, he sounded kind of bored. Yeah, yeah. like there's a, there's a scene where like he's talking to. Um, it's like when he's talking to Martin Short, he's talking to his boss, or like he's talking to like the French girl in the beginning of the movie, um, mm-hmm. and like he's just so monotoned. It it, it it sounds like he like, and I I enjoyed Joseph Gordon-Levitt as as an actor. Um, I like he's he's in some movies that I I really really enjoy. I just it felt like he was really phoning it in in this movie. I was not a big fan. Yeah, I am. Um, I was okay with it, but I understand that. I kind of had a similar feeling. Michael Keaton's performance in so which is why I switched over to the sub. Um, yeah, no, it happens sometimes, you know, it's, I mean, it's a tricky thing where it's like, it's a different culture. So you might not understand like the exact word and like exact, like meaning of everything. It's, it's gotta be a tough performance, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't crazy about him. Um, like everybody else. I thought Krasinski was a bit ham-fisted at times. Oh, good. You know, I really, I really enjoyed the wind rises. I ranked it out of the 11 Miyazaki films that I did here. I ranked it number nine. That's a, that's a pretty fair place. I'll also, say it's... this. I think. 
I think the worst Miyazaki film is still twice the movie that the worst Pixar film is. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say I, that. That well, that'll, ooh, that'll be a fun podcast for another day. Whatever I go down my Pixar hole again. Um, oh, brother. Let me know. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you my voice clips. I don't care. I got. I have a. I have strong opinions. Yeah, but I, I, the Wind Rises still comes like recommended. Again, it's it's a, a oh, it's even beautiful. even a mediocre Ghibli movie like we said is like really good. Um, there was another Ghibli movie that I did watch this week though. Um, it's a movie that I've actually owned on Blu-ray for years, but I just never have the time to sit down and watch it. And I, I don't know if I don't know if you've watched this one yet or not. Um, it is the. 2014 um ghibli vehicle when marnie was there i have not seen it no so i will make this one quick because this comes highly recommended and again another stacked cast for this movie uh the main character is voiced by Haley steinfeld um mm. um john c Riley has a speaking part in this movie oh all you gotta tell me yeah all you gotta tell me okay. yeah it's it's awesome um and even uh for a brief moment in the movie uh Catherine o'hara as a speaking part in this movie. Lovely. That's a yeah. nice little surprise. Yeah. So uh, there's a, a, a lot Sally of. Sally stitches herself. Yes. <laughs> and also uh, uh, Ava Arxis, uh Acres. I think she, she was in Once Upon a Time. She's an actress I'm familiar with. Um, okay. But... Uh, she seems like a lovely lady. Yeah, I'm sure she is. But she she, she plays it. It's it's a cute character. Um, when Marnie Was There is an absolutely beautiful movie. Um, it's a movie that I, I've. I remember again. It came out in a time where you know theatrically released anime movies was still kind of a niche thing. Um, I don't know if it was nominated for anything or not. Um, it came out in 2014, like I said. Uh, it's fantastic. The story is great. Um, you know, it's it's tells the story of a young girl who has a, you know, she she has like a health problem or something, and she moves to the countryside. Uh, you know, with some family friends and. There's, uh, she loves to draw. There's a house, like an old abandoned house across the way of this marsh that she's, that she's, you know, living at. And, you know, there's a, there's a girl that appears in the window at that marsh. And, you know, this girl and the main character go on an adventure together. You know, they, they learn about each other's, you know, some things are a little bit off here and there, you know, um, it's, it's a great feel good story. I cried at the end. Like I'm a. I'm a very seldom crier in movies. I think I can count the movies that have made me cry on one hand. Um, oh, I would need your hands and then your friend's hands too for me. <laughs> I love crying. It's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Like it's, it was it, it like, I, you know, I'm watching this movie late at night and I, it made me cry. It was, it's a beautiful movie. It, is that it, the last movie that made you cry? Uh, recently. Yes. That I've watched. I think the last one that made me cry might've been the first Paddington film. Ooh, that's a movie I still have to go back and watch. It uh oh man, I, it was Tears of Joy. I want to make it very. Clear. I, I, you can have me on it if you ever want to have me on again. I will. Too. I would. I would. I would love to. We will. We'll definitely it's make a point to so do that. So goddamn good. I love Paddington too. Uh, but yo, know, this this movie comes highly uh, recommended. When um, Marnie was there. Yes, and it was nominated for the. Watch list. It was. It was nominated at the 88th Academy Awards. Uh, oh. Let me, uh, but it lost again to. Uh, <laughs> can, can you want to guess what movie this lost to? So this was a 2015 movie. It came out in 2014. Uh, so it I'm honored the say, best films of 2015. Was it How to Train Your Dragon two? Uh, no, it lost to Inside Out. Oh, that yeah, that tracks. Yep, that was the uh, the uh, your spotlight one best picture. Uh, Leo mm. DiCaprio got his Oscar. Brie Larson won her Oscar that year, which was awesome. For Room. Yeah room yeah that's a movie <laughs> that's i haven't awful. seen it i haven't seen it i know it's gonna make me sad i have not either um but i heard it's good so yeah uh this movie comes with a with, with the cooped up seal of approval um all right when one Marty of these days it. i'll get that sound clip of, of cameron saying cooped up really loud and obnoxious and i'll uh, uh then I'll, I'll get this one then seal of approval <laughs> perfect i love yeah. that um so, so uh, we we still got some time here. So, what's what's some what's what's some other stuff that you've been you've been indulging in, uh, that you that you want to talk about? Give me, give yeah, me. Yeah, sure, sure. I'll, I can throw out some more movies that I've seen this past year that really just like rocked my world. Go for it. Yeah. Um. Even like this year. Well, last thing, let me talk about the movie that I watched. Last year. It's one I've seen before. I rewatched it. 
I watched School of Rock last night for the first time in probably 15 years. Oh, I was hoping you talk about this because I love this Dude, movie. It is like, it's so, so good. It's like, so I'm personally of someone, I, when I rate movies, I, I usually use a scale of five and I think movies are attainable of getting five. I put this one at four and a half. I really love it. I think I'm, maybe if I talk about it long enough, I'll bump. But it's um, it's just such a great movie. Like it's, I think it does a really good job of like making it a family comedy in the sense that like, it doesn't baby you. It doesn't treat you like a child for liking it. Like it doesn't make you feel stupid for like. Right. It's, it's a good. It's a simple story. It's very good. Um. And I think like it just has amazing lessons in it. Like, I love that Jack Black. It's like the perfect Jack Black. Like straight up, it's so good. It's like his dream role. It's perfect for him. And he does such a good job of teaching and like teaching kids like his like lessons transcend like race and gender and size. Like that scene where he's in the hallway telling that one girl who doesn't want to sing because she's fat. She's like, are you kidding me? Like, look at me. Look at Aretha Franklin. Like, it's this amazing. It's an amazing scene. It gives me chills. Like, and it's also uh, specifically I was watching the as we were finishing it up, like that last act of the movie, like them finally performing as the school of rock you can't ask for a better way to wrap up a movie it's a perfect third act like it all comes to fruition it's the perfect ending and the move the song rocks it's joan cusack's incredible in it the kids are incredible they're all actually playing the music it's just if you haven't watched school of rock in like 10 years go back and watch it it's on hbo max and uh yeah it'll just it'll blow you away it's so fun it's a fun movie start to finish I think I remember why I gave it four and a half. And it's my only knock against School of Rock. Okay. The Battle of the Bands takes place on a weekday at like two o'clock p.m. And it's a sold out <laughs> venue. <laughs> my friend Allison pointed that out to me last watching it. Um, That's funny. Over Zoom. Uh, not Zoom, Discord. But yeah, like that scene is like, it's crazy that it's like, there's no way that that would happen like but no it's, it's great it's it's honestly like it's just such a lovely movie it's like top to bottom it's so much fun yeah it's one of those movies i and i mentioned this in a in a conversation we had about it yesterday that um yeah it's one of those movies where like the like the key for me like for a rewatchable movie and i think most people like feel this way um i know i, I i'm a big listener of the rewatchables uh from uh the ringer uh it's one mm. of my favorite podcasts and um host bill simmons uh mentions that you know the the key to a good rewatchable movie is that this movie comes on at any point like you could like it could be yeah. like the middle third the end third and you're there for the rest of the ride so like you yeah. know if i if i'm coming in the middle of the movie where like jack black has to like bullshit his way through the parent teacher conference and he's like oh, oh you know i've touched your kids and i'm pretty sure they've touched me and yeah. like the, the the reaction from that like if i'm like if I'm there and like you know, I still have like the you know obviously like the the, the performance at the end, uh you yeah. know to look forward oh. to. I'm there for the whole ride. And fun fact, I just looked this up. This was the highest grossing musical comedy film until what? Which movie do you think took this over, Sean? Musical comedy. Can you give me the year? 2015. 2015 musical comedy. I'm gonna guess the movie Sing, the animated film. You would be incorrect. It was pitch perfect. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Which is one of my I, guilty pleasure movies. I'm a fan. I've never seen the pitch perfect movies. I was the two that I think I like when I think of like musical comedies, the other two that came to me Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. Yes. And uh Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> When's both... the last time you watched Walk Hard? Oh man, it's been years. Buddy, it's on Netflix. I highly recommend you read this. Uh, okay, so, I know, I know what I'm so doing later funny. today. That's fun. I think I'm gonna watch. You know what's funny though? I was thinking about watching a Johnson. That's awesome. <laughs> I want to watch Talladega Nights because I haven't seen that in a long time. And I was watching some clips and I was just cracking up. It's so funny. Yeah, that's a movie that's like I've I like rewatch it like every couple of like. It's great. At least like once a year I watch a movie. That's one of them. But no, let, me, um, um, let me actually let me fully explain. Let's talk about that movie challenge. Like the I want to like kind of because I think. It's January. Well, it'll be probably February by the time this comes out. Yeah, it'll be like, coming out. This will be coming out the second week of February. This is the oh Valentine's Day. Hey, Ooh. Uh, 
Yeah. Okay, then I got a then I got a fun idea. I got a fun idea. Okay, go for it. it. So this movie is going to be this will be coming out the second week of February as it's uh, already scheduled. So no Google Assistant. Stop. I don't know if that picked up on microphone. (laughs) So here's so here's what we could do because we will we'll have a few minutes left in in the podcast. Let's go for it. Let's recommend our favorite romantic comedy films for people to watch. This is coming out February thirteenth. Yes. February thirteenth. Romantic comedy films. You want to go back and. Yeah, so like, like, what's one of your favorite like romantic comedies? I don't think it's a good Valentine's Day movie, but uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall is a masterpiece. Oh, it's a, it's not it's a masterpiece, a... but it's it's wonderful. I love Marshall. Um, genuinely funny, surprisingly respectful. Like at no point is um, Jason Siegel's character like saying, "Oh, Sarah's such a bitch" or anything. Like he still respects her as an ex. And um, I kind of put because this past year I went through a breakup. And I kind of put off watching it for a bit. When I finally watched it, it made me feel very good. Um, so yeah, forgetting Sarah Marshall is like one of the best romantic comedies in my eyes. That's that's a, that's that's easily one of my favorites. Like, yeah, it's it's wonderful. Like you can you can take a dartboard at like any of those like because uh, that, that that is a Judd Apatow vehicle if I'm remembering correctly. Correct. Uh, it might be. I think I'm it not 100 percent positive. Um, I'll look that up. Tell um, me one of yours though. Yeah, so one of my favorites, and I can't give you any, like, rhyme or reason for why it is. Um, Friends with Benefits is one of my favorite romantic comedies. I've never seen that one. It is. Uh, it's so – there was a time in my life. I think I might have been, like, a freshman in college or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not familiar, Friends with Benefits, 2011 uh, romantic comedy featuring Justin Timberlake and uh, Mila Kunitz. Yes. Uh, uh, in France, it was called Sex Friends. Yes, <laughs> yes, it was. You said that came out two thousand eleven, right? Yes, two thousand eleven. So I, I did go to France that year, and we saw a big poster for Sex Friends. What we that's fantastic. No, but it's um, it's it's a really really fun. I I can't really explain it. Like it's just it's a it's a it's a fun movie. You know, you see these two people try to experiment with the with the friends with benefits thing, and you know, one person ends up falling in love with the other person, and then there's a whole cat-and-mouse chase thing. I can't really explain it other than the fact that it's a, it's a fun watch. Um, yeah. Justin Timberlake's father, there's a great scene with Justin Timberlake and his, uh, and his dad. They, uh, <laughs> I think that's, it's, a uh, I I think his dad's playing, yeah, it's Richard Jenkins, uh, plays his dad, and they have a great scene where they, where they, where they I, I won't, Spoil it for you because it's funny, mm-hmm. but they're they're eating uh, food together in an airport, and it's very funny, and I highly recommend you watch it. It's it's a, it's a great watch. Um, it's my personal favorite romantic comedy. That's a good one. I'll have to watch it. I'll have to watch it. You sold me on it. All right, there we go. That's all. That's, that's I, all I try to do. I got one more. All right, go for it. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It is the film The Big Sick. Ooh, okay, that's yeah. a good one. Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, the story of him and his wife and how they met. Uh, it's a really fun rom-com, I think. It's definitely a romantic comedy. It's very sad as well. But uh, the biggest selling point for me in that movie is that uh, the parents are played by Ray Romano and Holly Hunter. Um, <laughs> and I truly love both of them so much. I think Holly Hunter is one of the best actresses alive. She's so funny. She's so good. She plays like this meek character so well. But then on top of it, you have Ray Romano, who's having a. I love Ray. Um, I'm part yes. of everybody. And he's yeah. so funny. He's so good in that movie. And it's like, it's a really interesting story. I believe David Wayne of uh, Stella directed it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a really, it's a really good movie. I think it's a lot of fun. And uh, it's a good little romantic comedy, you know? I will give everyone one more. Uh, Let's before, go for it. before we'll you call, wrap we'll things up it here, um, it is the 2005 classic Hitch. It's one of my favorite romantic Hitch. comedies. Yo, I'm gonna say one thing about Hitch that's super weird. Okay. So Will Fer- Will Ferrell, jeez, Will Smith plays a uh, he plays like a person who sets people up on dates. Like he's his whole thing is that he's a man. Yes. And correct me if I'm wrong. He takes a girl on a first date to Ellis Island. I, you were correct. And to see to find out her heritage, right? Yes, yes. What world is that an acceptable first date? Um, in two thousand five, maybe. It's sixteen yeah. years later. Doubt it. It's fun. I haven't watched Hitch since it came out. I, I mean, it's Kevin James and Smith. You're in for a fun. Yeah, it's 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 fun. It's it's a it's like not your like typical like romantic comedy, 
but it's a it's a fun watch. I highly you know it's uh. It's one of my brother's favorite movies, which is weird. <laughs> I don't. I That's funny. That's. Yeah. I have to talk to you next time I see your brother. I'm gonna pick his brain about Hitch. Yeah, it's it's a it's a phenomenal film. Um, and it comes with my cooped up uh, Valentine's Day seal of approval. And hopefully everyone's doing something safe Ooh, and sealed uh, with a kiss. Yes, kiss from a rose by seal sealed. There we go. Hopefully that that was an audio poison. Me kissing the microphone right there. No, that's fine. I mean, that's your. That's, how long has that thing been wrapped up in a box? <laughs> that's fantastic. But we're gonna oh, be uh, we're gonna be wrapping things up here. Uh, okay, bud. Soon. So, Sean, number this is a lot of fun. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, thank yeah, you man. again for for joining me on this journey. Uh, I I will gladly have you back once I oh. I think once I reach this once I reach the half century mark. Of movies, yeah, man. I think we'll, Have uh, me and Cameron on at the same time, and we'll good cop, bad cop when it comes to a uh, bully. Oh, I'm 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 110 down with that. But this is something I that I've actually. A fun one. Okay, go for it. No, I say that would be a fun idea. For oh yeah, episode. no, that, that would be fun. So this is something I've actually been forgetting to do uh, at the end of episodes. Sean, where can the people on the internet find you? Do you got anything you want to plug right yeah, now? Yeah, man, I got a few things. Uh, so. My Twitter and Instagram is both at Captain Tony. Tony is spelled like money with a T, T O N E Y. Uh, and yeah, follow me on Twitter. I am like, I feel like around 500. That'd be a fun little trick, you know? Get everyone to follow me and I have 500 followers. Uh, no, uh, I also on there, um, I have an, a, an essay that I wrote about the two episodes of the TV show. Joe Parra talks with you. It's my pinned tweet. It's uh, I wrote this thing about it. It's episode episodes that I really thought were really impactful. Watch that show. Read that article. Follow me on Twitter. Follow our podcast, Ooh La La Podcast, on Twitter. Uh, and our podcast, Ooh La La, don't mind if I do. Podcast about the finer things in life. Me, previous guest Cameron, and our friend Jared talk about all kinds of fancy things from fashion to eating and uh, everything in between. I guess really fashion and eating is really it. No, we haven't even. What am I saying? god uh and yeah instagram at captain tony i have a secret instagram account where i post pictures of sandwiches i eat uh called <laughs> at sandwiches i ate um do the 100 movie challenge man it's only february two movies a week the entire year break 100 you go to 104 like you can yeah. easily knock it out it's never been easier to stream movies um yeah and i guess my last plug is um fuck the proud boys fuck the alt-right and uh register to vote couldn't have said it better myself, friend. And we're yeah, gonna. Man. So the intro music will be. Uh, oh the wait, outro wait, music. wait, wait, wait! Oh no, I have one more thing. All right, go for it. Go back. Follow me on Letterboxd at Frogmans. Yes, That's all. <laughs> um, and as as my friend, thank you again. Thank you uh, so much for having me, Kyle. This is a blast. Anytime, man. And of course, folks, you can follow me on Twitter at Koopa NJ, like New Jersey. Uh, follow the podcast at Cooped Up Pod on uh, on Twitter. Uh, email us questions. That's something I need to start plugging more. Yeah. I'll start doing that more in advance. Email us questions at coopedupod at gmail.com, and I will answer them gonna, live on I'm the gonna air I'm going to email you one right now. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I'm excited. That'll Cooped be on the – Cooped at gmail.com? Yes. You, it's, Here it you, comes, you, baby. You will, you'll be hearing that on, on, on my next episode. That will be coming out uh, yeah, in a I'll few weeks. Yeah, I'll insightful questions. Yes. Um, so – and also, like I said, we are available on multiple platforms. Anchor. Uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, wherever you find them, baby. Yeah, wherever you get your podcast of choice, you can find them. Especially also on YouTube where you can see Sean's beautiful face and my beautiful face. And, uh, yeah. of course, shout us again to every uh, to the, everyone who listens every week. And uh, to the moon, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be seeing you guys. <laughs> we'll be seeing you guys next time. Have a wonderful weekend, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>